show just wanted to apologize real quick we had some audio issues related to super fail and the audio quality especially on my end is not that wonderful apologies i think the content's still awesome enjoy welcome to devmode.fm a podcast dedicated to the tools techniques and technologies used in modern web development i'm andrew welch from ny studio 107 i'm patrick harrington from mildly geeky in boston I'm Jennifer Blumberg from Next Solutions in New York. I'm Jonathan Melville from MDD in Atlanta. And I'm Matt Stein from Pixel Tonic in Austin. And today we have on Marie Poland from Okie Dokie. You're a designer of digital ecosystems and a Notion Jedi. Is that right, Marie? That is correct. That is awesome because we have you on here because we want to learn about Notion. So if you are out in the Black Rock Desert of Northwest Nevada at the Burning Man Festival and a, a, an actual Burning Man walks up to you and says, hey, what is Notion anyway? Like, what would you tell them? What is it? I would say it's sort of an all-in-one productivity tool that I use to manage my entire life, my projects, my note-taking, resources, you name it, pretty much everything lives inside of Notion. So it's primarily an organizational tool is what you're saying. It's like a, yeah. it's a, it just like all the, if you had like little pieces of paper and, and that kind of thing, that's, that's what it's for. It's replaced. Yeah. It's replaced a ton of other tools. I rarely open up Google docs anymore. I use it for my daily journal, project management with clients, sending out proposals, there's almost nothing that I don't use it for these days. So I think that's actually a good way to start talking about this thing is in the reference of, you know, like what tools has it replaced for you? So what what tools were you once using before? You, know, you mentioned Google Docs, but like what else were you using that you've now replaced with Notion? Yeah, we were pretty big on Asana before. So I actually, I needed a place to do my permaculture diploma and I needed a place to do really messy thinking. So things that weren't to-dos yet, but just needed some like incubation. So the more and more I started to use Notion to do that, I was like, oh, I hate that this information is living over here, but my to-dos are living over here in Asana. And so I needed to convince my husband to move our systems over to Notion. So I needed to start recreating the some of the features that we were using in Asana inside of Notion to prove to him, look, it can do this. I'm like, we can move all of our systems over. But I knew it was like show, don't tell because it's so <laughs> open-ended. You can do anything. So I had to kind of mimic some of that functionality. So that's kind of where we we started was, was convincing him to move over from Asana. And what about things like, so I use Trello for organizing like stuff. Is that something that, you know, Notion can potentially be used to replace Trello too? Yes, because it, it does have that sort of Kanban style board, but you can also view the same information in a calendar, in a Kanban board, in a table, in a gallery view. There's so many different ways you can view the same type of data. It's a lot like Airtable that way, actually, mm -hmm. if you've used Airtable before. So just being able to manipulate data in different ways. Can you connect to it from outside tools like APIs or like if, if this Not and yet. that? Okay. Damn it, okay. Patrick. No. Sorry, <laughs> yes, I don't want to get into the, the, <laughs> the it's, no, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the one glaring feature that they're working yes. on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, it's definitely yeah. been an issue. Whenever I've looked at it, it seems like it's so malleable and it couldn't do anything that I'm so in, like it almost I get some like analysis paralysis when I look at it because I don't know what totally. to do. And I think yeah. there are some good templates there that can get you up and going. But it, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a very good point is when I started using it, it was its flexibility is such a strength, but it can also be a huge weakness for it for people who are like moving over to it from another tool that's maybe more structured because I always questioned if I was doing things the correct way or if there was a better way to do it because it's so flexible, you can kind of do help do things however you want. And so a lot of us, that's how we end up on YouTube watching Marie's videos. <laughs> is that how you found me? <laughs> it is actually. Yeah. I mean, I think still, if you you go to YouTube and Google like how to set up oh, Notion or something. I, I think your channel is probably like at least the in, in the top five, if not the top one. Awesome. Yeah. I, th I thought I was really organized and using Notion really well before I saw your, your videos. Now I feel like I'm just a <laughs> child. Yeah. And, and Marie, you might recognize Matt from the comment section of your YouTube videos. He's big uh, boy number, number four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a YouTube commenter. <laughs> So, all right. So I know that Jonathan 
is a huge fan of Notion. So, you know, what has Notion kind of done for you, Jonathan? Like, what, how are you using it and what have you replaced? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my experience was similar to Marie's where I had information everywhere. So I, I guess at the most basic thing for note taking, I would just occasionally open up like the Apple Notes app or something and jot something down in the middle of a call if I wanted, if I needed to, to do that, or maybe I'd keep some to-do list there, but then sometimes I'd have them in Google Docs. And then I was using gather content for content strategy. I was using Trello to try to organize like projects uh, there. And so having everything in different workspaces is just crippling and, and you can't reuse data or you can't relate data together. So maybe you have a to-do that is related to a larger project, or maybe you have some like a wiki that's part of a project, whatever. And so having all this data together in Notion, not only does it make it simpler to have everything under one roof, but you can actually utilize relational databases to make connections between that data in a way that helps you see the big picture a lot easier than if you had everything spread all over the place. Hmm. Interesting. So Jennifer, do you use Notion at all? Have you, I mean, I know you've heard of it, but do you use it? Um, I do not. I'm hoping that this podcast can enlighten me as to why I should use it in particular with regards to developer teams and how it can make our lives easier with our current tools, which are Trello and GitHub and that kind of thing. Well, my husband works at 100, 100 or so person company, and he sort of slowly has gotten the team to use, the engineering team anyway, to use Notion for all of their documentation, standard operating procedures, and that sort of thing, as well as onboarding documents. Um, and what's great too is some of that templating that you can do. So it's like add new, add new onboarding employee, and then you can spin up a whole series of documentation, embedded videos, you know, links to databases that live elsewhere where you can create instances of the database. There's a lot of interesting ways you can use it at a team capacity that I think give you a ton of flexibility. I mean, they still use other tools like Confluence and right, uh, right. other tools like that, but it just kind of plugs in and creates like a, I think standard operating procedures is probably one of the best use cases for Notion if a team is just getting started. Just so how we do things all lives in one place. So just maybe replacing a wiki or a Google Doc? Big time. Yes. Yep. Well, the Google Docs have the real-time collaboration aspect of it. Does Notion deal with yeah. that? So like if you wanted to, like your pages in Notion, it depends on your account level and a bunch of other stuff. But when you create a new page in your workspace, unless you have like a team, then that's then that page is basically private, but you could opt to share that page and make it public. And people don't even have to have the Notion app. I mean, it's basically web-based. I like to use the app. I just like to have like an app if possible, a native app. But you could share a link to a Notion page and it's exactly like Google where you can see somebody typing on it or you can you know see what they're doing or whatever on your page. And so it's very much like a real-time collaboration tool just the same way the Google Docs is. Yeah, it is definitely reduced email Oh yeah. I feel like I get a hundred less emails now, now that my clients are using Notion as well. And I started by inviting my clients into my space. And then over time, they're like, what is this amazingness? And then they go sign up for their own account. You know, so now eh, pretty much everything, all of our communication lives inside of Notion through discussions, inline comments, whatever it's. I've just reduced my own frustration, my daily frustration level with trying to figure out where everything is. Like I have, like if I have a project where I know the clients email me a bunch of things I need to know, like the login to their whatever services that I need to, to have access to. I would just let that stuff, I would just like archive it in Gmail. And then every time I needed it, like go back and search for that email and try to figure out where that, where that information is. Now I just make a wiki for the client and Notion, drop everything in there, super organized. I can share it with collaborators if needed. I love it. Yeah, and that's what I used to do for every client project that I did is I built a wiki, right? A, a kind of a wiki on its own that would have all that documentation in there. And I had these glorious ideas that, you know, both myself and the client would use this thing but it they almost never like they, they might read it but they're never adding anything to it like i don't know maybe just like a wiki was too nerdy for them i don't know and i don't know hey who knows maybe notion would be easy enough that that wouldn't be the case but i mean marie i gotta so this is a could be a potentially a life-changing moment for one of us marie for one of us Boy. so <laughs> imagine that you're a teacher and every teacher has that one student that one troublesome student that just you can't reach you can't connect with them and either they're going to break you of wanting to be a teacher or you're going to have some kind of major <laughs> breakthrough with them and you're going to change their life forever so I'm, I'm that student, okay? I have approached Notion at least a dozen times since it was released. And every time I said, 
down with it. I get this paralysis where I'm just like, there's just like I could do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think about all of the other stuff that I could be and should be doing. And the idea of doing all this meta work before I even can do any work. And then I just close Notion down and I'm just like, okay, I give up. And then do what? And then do what? You organize in your head or on a piece of paper or... Then I then I go back to my Trello. I go back to whatever existing systems that I'm using. And, you know, it, it, so it's interesting that you, somebody here mentioned Airtable. And so that's what I think, you know, Notion is at its heart is it's a database. And I think it's the spiritual successor to FileMaker Pro. Does anyone remember FileMaker Pro? Oh, yeah. You had a core database and then you could have as many different views on that data as you want. You had like these layouts and it was multi-user and you could have table layouts, you could have page-based layouts, you could have like all this stuff. And it seems kind of similar to that in that it's trying to be this database that is approachable and flexible with multiple views on your data. Is that, that kind of what it is? Yeah. Well, help me. Help me. Why am I paralyzed at this white screen? I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this Notion screen. You are not alone. Yeah. You are like, the, you are, I think, probably the average user of but, uh, and I mean, I think I first tried it two, three years ago, dabbled in it and was like, eh, okay. Like, I just don't really see what, what the use case would be. So I think you have to have a really specific reason to use it. And mm. usually I ask people like, where is there friction in your workflow? Mm. Right? There's no point in kind of trying to figure out a tool for a, like a problem you don't have. Mm. And I, I'm not trying to, I mean, I, let's be honest, I do evangelize Notion, but I'm not trying to get everyone onto Notion because I think a lot of people have found their workflow. They found their, their toolkit that works for them. And I think that's awesome. But if there's friction, if things are falling through the cracks, or if you find like you're always, eh, where do I go to find that thing? Start with the, the piece I think that has the highest friction for you. So in your case, if you're like, I want to explore this and figure out how to use it. Okay, let's recreate what I'm already doing in Trello inside of Notion. Can I do that? Then can I expand on that? But to just try and you know approach it like a blank canvas and let's make it do all the things, it's never going to work. I mean, my setup took, I mean, if you followed my videos, even you know three months, every three months, there's probably a huge transformation and my space looks a lot different than it did because the more that you use it, the more you realize how you need to use it. So it goes through a process of being cleaned up, you know, elaborating on things. Oh, actually that should be a database instead of a page. And you kind of evolve it over time. You can't really skip, I think, the playing with it phase when you're, you're trying to solve specific problems. So task management is one use case, right? SOPs and wikis is another use case. Managing a project, managing clients, using templates and, and using like content uh, management templates is another use case. So I think it's like, what's the, the one simple use case that you could use it for now? Master that while getting to know the tool. Then you'll start to see what's possible and you'll say, ooh, now I can totally build out badass task management thing over here. But you, you kind of have to learn the tool as you build out a specific use case first, I think. That's part of what I'm worried about though. Like what, <laughs> what I'm worried about is so as a a software engineer, like when I sit down to look at this thing, I want to design it right. Like I want this this beautiful architecture where the, the content modeling is perfect and I know where everything goes. But what I'm worried about is that I am going to spend like, you know, a huge chunk of my time just designing this thing, right? And I and I feel like, like you know, it, it's such a blank slate that I feel that I would spend so much time designing this thing that I might not actually spend any time doing anything. Like I'm worried. And there's so, a little friction. Like, you know, if you were just able to redesign your home at will, like I'd very soon have an arcade <laughs> and other things in my bathroom. And I feel like I could just start right clicking on things and adding in weird junk and breaking things. And right. I, I, I think need, it helps the strength of my life. Yeah. It helps to start with one thing. So I think my paralysis with Notion came from trying to think about all of the possibilities and how I could just tie all of that together and make all of yes. it work from the start. Mm -hmm. So I gave up on that strategy. I set up a couple of workspaces. I tried that strategy. It didn't work for me. So I eventually <laughs> started with just making a master task database because one of my biggest uh, things that I struggle with is when I walk into the office in the morning, I like it to be very clear. This is what I'm working on today. I don't want to see a to-do list with 800 things. I want to see a to-do list with the things I'm doing only today or that I need to get done today. You know what, Jonathan, like the, if, Jonathan, if only we had someone on the line who recorded a video on how to make a master task database. Right. Well, there you, you go. And so I would, I would tell every listener to, to maybe start there, go to YouTube and watch Marie's video on setting up a master task database in Notion, because what this will do is it will be something that you can use instantly, but also it will start exposing the benefits of Notion's relational databases to you. And from there, you'll figure out how that part of it works. And then it will become applicable 
to other things. So I, I started with master task database. I got an instant benefit from that. And then I started building out a projects database from there and I started linking them together. And then I started doing all kinds of other stuff, but start, start small is what I would say. I agree. Cause I think there's no way I could have designed what I have today and how I use it today from scratch day one. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked again. The more that you use it, the more powerful the system becomes. So now again, everything is connected to the point where I import a sales database every week. Again, they don't have an API yet, but I do that import. My assistant does that every week. And that is connected to my daily journal, weekly, quarterly, monthly. So I know how much I've earned every day, every week, every month. And I can look at that data and be like, what was my highest sales day of the entire year? What what was my mood like on average over the last couple of weeks? Like I can whoa, see all of that whoa, whoa. data. You, and- you record moods? Oh, yeah. My daily journal is awesome. I record, yeah. you know, gratitude, highs and lows, how much I earned, how I'm feeling, exercise. And there's templates for all that. So I know that my Monday template, if I have my class, the fitness class that I do every morning, I can hit Monday and f- all the properties that I know I need to do on a Monday are already built into that template. So it just speeds things up so fast. But again, you don't really, I couldn't have designed all that in advance. It's only once I've used it to say like, oh, I know, now I know what templates need to be built. And you just kind of tweak it over time as opposed to like spending months and months learning it and trying to get it perfect. You just kind of have to jump in a little bit. But I love being able to see all that data. I can look at what I'm reading and how it's impacting my mood as well. Like I can start to see relations between different parts of my life, like my resources database, podcasts that I'm listening to, notes that I'm taking, ideas that I'm incubating, all of it is connected. So I can see those patterns. And to me, that's, I find it fascinating just from like a behavioral standpoint of like, what am I paying attention to and how am I feeling and how is this impacting my work? Hmm. Well, Jennifer, did you hear that? Did you hear that? She logs her moods. So you could (laughs) use this as a tool for managing that anger, like anger management. You could record every time you're feeling angry, feeling like throwing some plates or something. You (laughs) could record that in your in your database. Yeah, you'd probably probably find it. (laughs) What probably corresponds with uh, articles that Andrew writes and sends to me. (laughs) That's probably the correlation there. Here, I I just set up Docker. Now I'm very, very angry. Angry, sad, and frustrated. <laughs> well, and- I'm, I'm curious about that, though. Like, well, it's it kind of sounds like Marie, you're very meticulous, meticulously organized person, and it's a lot about you get what you put in. If you're constantly feeding the machine information about yourself, you can come up with a lot of interesting things, but you actually have to put in all that data. So you put in yes. the book you're reading, you put in the mood, you put in everything. So what? What's the balance for people in terms of meticulously inputting data and getting the benefit from Notion? Yeah, I mean, I never used to keep a journal before Notion. It's a thing that's been on my list to do forever and I could never do it. I was just never consistent with it. So once I had a really simple journal database and those properties are already in there, once you put them in once, it's just a dropdown select. So I'm like, oh, which which happiness level, which emoji? Like it's all very visual and with lots of emojis. And so again, once you've built the system, it's so easy to put that information in. And because anytime I'm reading a new book, I'm using the browser clipper to add that to my database. And so when I'm putting in the book, I just type in the first two letters and it pops in the book that I'm reading. Like everything starts to flow in really quickly because you've already sort of, you input that data kind of as you go. It's not like pre-planned. So it's sort of, I don't know, it just kind of evolves over time and it's quite easy to maintain. So it takes me two minutes to update my journal every day. Just select, again, it's all like drop down selects and just put in my gratitude and it's pretty easy. Oh, that's what I'm wondering though. I mean, it sounds like it's, in theory, this is a organizational and productivity tool, but I could easily see that you would spend so much time like servicing the beast, like so much time putting coal in the engine that you you might actually spend less time actually doing the thing and more time doing the meta thing of recording the doing the thing. Is that, is that? I think for some people that's true. For myself, I was not, like, I did not feel like an organized person before Notion. And that's why I think I've gotten so passionate about the tool. I felt Evernote over here, Google Docs, Asana, like my paper agenda. Like I felt scattered all the time and I hated that feeling. So it, it is weird to me. People are like, oh, you're such an organized and meticulous person. And I'm like, that is so weird to hear. And it's weird to even think of teaching people this stuff because this has not come naturally. I've had to force 
like impose a system upon myself that I stick to. And a big part of that was, I think, taking Tiago Forte's Building a Second Brain course. I don't know if you've followed Tiago, but he's got a system called PARA, Projects, Areas, Resources, Archives. It's a super simple organization system. So once I mimicked that organizational system inside of my Notion, everything became so much easier, clicked into place, and things just started happening way faster. So for me, Notion's the only thing that's allowed me enough of that structure, but also that flexibility to be organized organized, but I, I was not this organized person before Notion. But now that everything's in this container, but still has that flexibility that I can do what I need to do. That's why I get so excited and talk about it. Cause I'm like the possibilities for people that yeah. are not so, maybe not so linear or not so naturally organized. Uh, Marie, for people who are listening to this, they can't see what we can see. We, we see the view behind you. Everything is super organized. Your plants yeah. even have the exact same number of leaves. Everything <laughs> is growing in exactly one direction. It's the permaculture right. studies. <laughs> but Matt, what do you think? Like, I think you and I are kind of similar in that if we dive into something, like we know that there's a cost to adopting something because we don't adopt something superficially. Like we're going to get into it. We're going to go down that rabbit hole. Does this scare you, Matt, in terms of adopting this thing? No, I mean, I've, I've been enjoying it. I think I, I struggle a little bit like with what Jennifer was saying, which is you can set up a great structure, but then you have to show up and keep feeding stuff into it. Mm. Um, I've wanted to know, like you, you've worked with a lot of, of Padawans, Notion Padawans, you know, helping them get established yeah. and everybody can see how organized you are, myself included, and just be dazzled. And want, of course, want all of those things like to live in one place and be that neat and organized. What is the attribute that I think you're, you're talking to Andrew or, or you know, the, the troubled student that, that just is wants that, but then doesn't know how to get there? What is the attribute that you need or need to cultivate like to be successful, like building the system of things for yourself in Notion? Uh, I mean, I think for me, I am very comfortable in the process. I love process more so than outcome. So to have a bit of a curiosity and to be comfortable with the fact that this is an imperfect thing that's just going to evolve and get better and better and, and being comfortable with that, I think is hard for a lot of people. I can totally understand that. I, like, again, I teach this. And so in my course, in the very beginning, I talk about you know the difference between a tool and a system, right? Like you can learn, learning the tool is one thing, but if you don't have processes or systems, that's a there's like two different things happening here right so what i'm trying to do is merge the two it's like let's build the system and the tool together i'm going to show you a system that i think works to kind of help you you know fast track that learning because again if you have a blank canvas there's it's almost too much so you kind of have to start with a, a system that works and you can kind of break it from there or adapt it in, in different ways but i think you have to let go a little bit, I think. of Or like you were saying, like you've used different systems and you know exactly what your friction points are so you can jump exactly. in. Exactly. I think that's how I ended up with Notion is I was using, you know, Confluence as like an internal document keeper and yeah. it had structure to it, but you know, I didn't need that. And I'm a one person yeah. band, so it's, it's ridiculous. But, and then, you, you know, using Trello and all these different tools and it was nice because I knew what I got out of each tool and could kind of make that happen in Notion. And that's yeah. where, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated that Andrew has walked up to it several times and then uh, I can understand it. I mean, again, I did the same thing, but I think what's interesting for me is like, I've never been that freaking excited about Asana before. I don't get excited <laughs> about putting information into Asana and like playing with, with these different tools. But with Notion, I feel like it's actually activated creativity. Like I'm actually, you know, the way I'm consuming information has changed. And yes, I know a lot of that, like Tiago Forte's methods and like with Evernote, I used to just clip everything I was saving. Like, oh, I might need that later, might need that later. And then it's this gigantic digital dump of things you probably never look at again. I don't do that with Notion anymore. I'm like, my knowledge base is sacred and I'm going to save things in there that I want to activate in some way and connect it to a project and connect it to my journal. Like, how is this, how do I want to use this in the future? And I'm thinking more about like, what does my future self need? If I want to write a book, if I want to do a project on X, what am I saving? What am I saving in my knowledge hub that's going to actually make doing those projects and taking action a lot easier? So my space is, it's focused on like curating knowledge and activating creativity. And that's what it's, that's what it's done. And I can't say that about any other to-do list manager or a Google doc. So being able to play with it in this really creative way, giving things, giving my goals, images and progress trackers. Like to me, it's quite motivating to see that visually. I know I'm a visual person. I need to see how that information is growing over time. Not everyone is the same way. And I think that's, what's been interesting is to watch different people use Notion. And when you say, oh, switch something from a table to a gallery, they're like, oh, that works with my brain, right? Different people's brains work differently. And I think it's, you know, for the 
problem student you're saying it's finding the way to show them the information such that it unlocks a possibility for them and they're like yes okay i see how this can apply in my circumstance mm -hmm. so, i'm so worried about too many possibilities though i'm <laughs> it's all possible it's cool. all yeah so I used to use a tool called ClickUp. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this tool before. Heard of it? I'm curious yes. your experience. Yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Um, the reason that I liked it is because it solved my problem with Andrew's laughing because I use that a lot. I guess. Well, no, that's it, that's what's going it's on sponsored my sponsored by ClickUp. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what's going on my tombstone is. He oh, that's right. Terrible, right. He wasn't terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it solved a big problem for me, which was what I was talking about earlier. When I walk in for the day, I want to be able to see only, I want to see a list of what has to be done today. And so I was able to do that really effectively in ClickUp, but it's very rigid the way that it works. And so you're able to use it as a great project management tool, but it's definitely not a wiki. It's definitely not a relational database. You definitely can't use it with clients for content strategy. You can't manage projects super effectively with it. So it solved that problem for me, but because it was so rigid, I couldn't do everything that I wanted with it. So Notion, you know, takes a little bit longer to get up to speed uh, because it is so flexible, but you really have the opportunity to build exactly the kind of, it's like a platform for building a platform basically. Yeah. Mm. So like, if you want a platform to build yourself a platform to manage your life, that's exactly what Notion is. I have never woken up saying, I want a platform to build myself a platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may not be the best the best fit for the tool, right? Like if yeah. you want more opinionated tools, and I think that's totally fine. A lot of people yeah. say, I just want something that works right out of the box. Like, just give it to me. That I think that right. totally makes right. sense. Right. That's it's what I was going to say is this. It's definitely not for everybody. I can definitely see where for some people it would just be debilitating. And I'm surprised for me that it's not, to be honest. Um, well, I, but, I think it could be. I think it could be for me. And that's why I want to hear more about Marie, because you mentioned before you had a course, but what is it? You also do something called Notion Office Hours. Like what? what is that exactly? Yeah, yeah it's like a weekly open office hours. And uh, sometimes we do tutorial style, kind of how to use the product. Like we've done one that's like your first day, like getting started in Notion or Notion from scratch. Then we also bring in people who have pretty like weird or advanced use cases or CRMs or um, like just today we did formulas 201 because there's all sorts of crazy stuff you can do with formulas in notion as well so, so every week live, I try to live stream or what is it yep they're live. It's on Crowdcast every morning at 10 a.m. Yep. Had a couple, like a couple, we had Tiago Forte on, and I think that was one of our biggest ones. We had seven people register for that one. That was pretty fun. So yeah, we just like to showcase different ways people are using it. Cause I, I think you kind of need to see a possibility or a use case and you're like, oh, that's a really cool way of using it. See how I can apply that to my own space. So we try to kind of show a really interesting variety of the way people are. I think the way that I learn best is by seeing an example of what someone else has done and then by kind of tearing it apart. Part. Is there a concept of like notion templates that someone could download and look at and see how someone's like real world setup actually works? There are so many. Yeah, there's a whole notion community and notion template gallery. And there's lots of other YouTubers as well that share their templates. I have pay what you want templates as well that uh, believe it or not, make a lot of money. People are willing to pay for a starting starting pack of templates. So well, you're doing what we used to call shareware back in the day. You're just putting it out there. And people can pay whatever they they want to pay for it but here's the thing like i need you to point me at like the ones i should look at don't don't tell me there are thousands of them because i my brain can't handle it point me at like the the one place that i should find some really good templates to start out with uh, i mean you, honestly if you google notion template gallery yeah I, I don't know if that's the the url or whatever but you kind of have to know what is the use case that you're trying to solve for even even then in the template gallery there's every possibility but i think if you know right. show me what a wiki looks like in notion or show me what like a task, what's a great starting point task management temp. I think you'd kind of have to start there. I'll use the same technique that I use when I'm shopping for underwear, which is I just sort by popular and then I buy that, like whatever it is. <laughs> I've ended up with some kind of weird stuff like Mickey Mouse underwear, but you know, whatever. It, it, it all work, kind of works out in you the end. You start in the men's category, you just go right in. <laughs> <laughs> I just click on I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> <laughs> So in addition to the notion office hours, you mentioned something about a course. Is this like an actual like paid course that you have or what is, is. What is that? Okay. And it's delivered in notion, which is, oh, okay. and I mean, of course. if it says anything, I have a course platform. Like my husband and I run software called Doki, doki.io. So mm -hmm. we understand course creation. Like we literally built a tool for it, but to teach about notion inside of notion, it's 
honestly so much easier to get that rapid feedback. And so I launched it as a beta, I think in October 1st. And I just said, I'm going to create a course on this. I've had enough people ask me about it, sign up for the beta and you'll get access to the content as I create it. And we'll do live office hours together. So we'll screen share, I'll coach you and anyone who signed up, they could also get like an hour consult. And I think I gave like 15 minute free sessions to anyone that just needed to like workshop something specific. And that replaced my client income. So Mm -hmm. that's, that is my focus at the moment. It's kind of a hidden link. I don't actually even link to it anywhere on my site other than if you sign up for my list. Yeah, but where do we find it? Yeah. If you, yeah, if you sign up on mariepoolin.com, you can sign up for my list. And there's a welcome email that says, P.S. I have a course. And that link alone has has generated um, sales that have replaced. And as part of that, you do an hour, like one-on-one with people? Is that what you said? Or They can't. Yeah, there's like a few different tiers of it. So okay. they can purchase the okay. course plus an hour consult. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a bit of an experiment. But yeah, you know, after posting YouTube videos and doing the office hours, people were like, help, I need help with my setup, right? Because it's, it is too much. They open it up and they're like, I see the potential for this. It's, it's way too much. Where do I begin? Let's hire the expert. And they reach out. And so for a while there, I could not keep up. Like I was getting three to five inquiries every day for mm. people that needed, needed consulting. So it's been intense. My whole business changed since doing that webinar in August. It honestly mm. changed overnight and 95% of my time and effort today is like workflow consulting inside of Notion. But where, so is this something that we could link to in our show notes or do you want it hidden? Yep. Do you want to keep it buried? If people are that, it's sort of like if you're that excited and you want to sign up, go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's mariepoolin.com slash notion dash mastery. Mm. And I mean, people have found it by Googling it. People have found it on Gumroad. I'm like, how did you find the course link? It's it's kind of bananas, but um, fascinating that people are willing to invest, right? Like how many people are willing to invest in an Asana course? I'm, I'm really curious. Like it's, it's fascinating to me that there's a market here. I also think that it's, it is this popular amongst people right now and there's not even an API for it. I, I, I think it's that says wild. so much like like any other platform that would everybody would be like what there's not even an API. <laughs> People are still like gung ho about it. I think when they when they do come through and release an API, it's going to explode. Mm. That's where I have a lot of anxiety using it because I'll, I'll choose a structure for like how I organize projects, for example, and then learn how a database works and then think explicative. And now I have to go back and migrate things and I don't have that much in it. If I was daily journaling and tracking everything I did and then I decided I needed to tweak the format and I couldn't like write something to migrate data, I think I would just curl up. I mean, I have, I have a high tolerance for tedium as it is, but I would probably curl up and just cry until they released an API. And I, at this point, I'd be crying for months. Oh, and, and by the way, Marie, just so you can put a, a face to a, a message. So in your comments and uh, on your YouTube videos for Notion, uh-huh. Matt is big beefy boy 69. So if you, okay, were, if you were ever wondering like who it was that was making those comments, that's, that's him right there. Well, nice to Great. finally meet you, Matt. Original. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much more civil when I use my real name. We're really we're really revealing a lot of hidden information today. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did not expect YouTube to be a place that I would be spending that much in for, you know time. But so are you a getting, I mean, yeah. Since since August, I started doing weekly videos, and uh, the channel just grew so fast, and that's become you know the main way people sign up for my list and and find me. And uh, I have friends of mine that were like, "What? I was looking up Notion and found you." what you know you're the person that that gets associated with notion um <laughs> i know I, I never I, I never would have expected youtube would be a, a channel that i would ever have put time into but it just seems to be the best way to explain this stuff i know that they have a very small team right now i mean have they do you talk to them i mean you've yes. got you have to be on their radar because you're doing them yes. a humongous favor as like an Absolutely. evangelist for their platform yes they're like wondering yes how, how settled are you in half moon bay they've been asking mm-hmm. so yeah we're, we're in close contact they're they're really great with the pros like there's a community of pros that you know work with the tool very actively those are the people you know creating and sharing templates and coming on the show and so they're very open with the group of pros kind of here's what's coming down the pipeline they offer calls even like zoom chats with their engineers and other people on the team so we can ask questions and kind of find out you know where are things heading and we're noticing this and they kind of give us priority too in terms of the support and if there's specific 
features that we want. If people are consulting with Notion, what are those weird things about like, oh, when I duplicate a database, I've noticed this happens. And so they're very receptive and, and responsive there. And we're definitely talking, what, what ways can we collaborate even deeper? So it's a good relationship. Well, a lot of the people listening to this podcast are going to be developers in one form or another, you know, web developers, JavaScript, front end, back end, you know, whatever. What are some use cases that you have seen or you have done yourself where you have used Notion in that capacity to, to do things that a developer needs to do, like keep track of bugs, keep track of features, you know, scoping out a spec of a product. Like where have you seen Notion being used in this kind of ecosystem needed for development? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super, super familiar on the dev side, but my husband definitely uses it at his at his full-time employment. So they, the engineering team all uses it to coordinate on documentation, onboarding. I know Egghead uses notion for planning their course content. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a lot of stuff sort of like content management, but I don't know from like a code perspective, that's definitely not a rabbit hole. I'm super familiar well, Not really code, like probably I would imagine something like keeping track of features that you need to implement. And so it would be like kind of a glorified to-do list, right? Jonathan, are you using it in that capacity? 100%, 100%, yeah. So I like to keep my master databases in their own place in my space. I don't know if that's like a thing that I'm just like, I like to see them in their own place. So I'll make a master database for, let's say all of my projects. So these are things that I'm actively working on. And then within that project, there may be a wiki that has a database of all of the, you know, all of the things that have to get done for that project. So then I can, I can then pull that database in to multiple places and I can link it to my to-dos or whatever. So that that's, I use it for, for managing, for managing larger projects as well as my daily to-do stuff. How does it work with the clients? Like you mentioned at the beginning that you, uh, I think Jonathan, you mentioned that you send proposals with it. And I mean, do they, can you password protect things without inviting them into Notion because the, the pricing is per user? So how does that part of it work? So so the way that it works is, and, and Notion's pricing was confusing to me for some reason. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. It makes sense to me now, but basically if you have a team account, it's it's you, anyone who is part of your team can see what's in your space. Right. Unless you have a, unless you put it in like a private area. If you just have like the single solo account or whatever they call it, you can make a page that will be private, but you can invite people to that page. And it's, there's no additional cost for doing that. So I think I gave an example earlier where I used to use a tool called gather content or content strategy. So this is a really awesome tool. My only problem with it was it's, it's a very expensive tool. And so uh, also I, I didn't, they have a way where it links to craft. Supposedly, I never really got that to work very well. It's basically just a place where people can go dump their content in there. So I started, uh, when I started using Notion, I said, I wonder if I can, if I can use it for, for this particular like, content strategy. And sure enough, it worked great. So like I made a page in my Notion, I gave it public access. I sent the link to my client or I invited them to the page. I didn't make it public. I invited them to the page and they were able to get in there and start adding all of their content. And that worked out great for them. So they need but, to create an account. Yes, okay. that's correct. Yeah. But I mean, nobody, nobody griped about that. Yeah. It's, I think they make it pretty easy. The thing that I found with it, I've, I've done kind of the same thing. That's been really nice is every client project is different. So I'll do like design and development projects and that may lean one way or the other, depending on the, client or the project. And some, some clients work great with like a Kanban style board where we have tasks and they'll, you know, comment and keep up and others will look at it and kind of like throw up a little bit and never look at it again. Some just want like a document that, you know, outlines the process that we're going through with milestones. Each client can have their own, whatever makes sense for them and their yeah. level of engagement, share as much or as little, give as much ability to edit or just work in comment only or just read only or whatever yeah. makes sense. <laughs> And it's, it's really nice because you can tailor it. I've never once had to think about, you know, how much I'm paying because it's set or who, how many people I'm inviting or what level of access they have. I think that's something they've nailed. And it's great because each client can have an experience that works for them for whatever we're doing. And I love that part of it. Oh, just some clients are intimidated by the databases, right? So it's like, I might do more page, page style and sort of inline to do's and keep it really simple. And others I can, I can do all the Kanban boards and things like that and, and go more advanced. So it's just really nice to have that flexibility. 
Yeah, the thing I'm confused about is you, you mentioned before that you have this Notion Mastery course, right? And, you, mm -hmm. and you're, you're sort of actively like hiding it from people, right? So you're yes, like, trying, well, yeah. <laughs> if you manage to find it, you can, you can sign up for it, which is a very interesting marketing tactic. Like that, it, it might actually be like, it might actually be working in your favor in some ways because people are just like, whoa, she's that good that she doesn't even care if you bought her a course. Well, I can't, I can't automate that process, right? right? Like when people sign up, I have to go and manually add their emails to two different pages based on their permission. So one is comment only so they can comment on the course content. The other one is like a student corner where they can edit content. They can add questions into the database. They can link it up to lessons. So it gives them a lot more flexibility. So that, that means I'm adding, you know, like at the moment there's 150 students in there. So that's, that's a lot of guests to manage if I need to change permissions or whatever. So to me, it's not sustainable as like a long-term ongoing evergreen course, but it's great for running a beta while you're working with students and getting that feedback, then the, the next step would be to move it onto our course platform to do a more formal process where it's like all the purchasing and everything and redirection is happening right through our platform. Well, we're just going to assume that you're going with the exclusivity model, right? right? right. So you're trying to make it like Red a carpet treatment, <laughs> a super exclusive nightclub where there's this huge line out the door and they, it's like an unmarked building. You know, you have to even know. Maybe that. I'll let you in. Yeah. Maybe I'll let you in if I think you're cool enough. But the thing that I've got confused is on your YouTube channel, you have a playlist called Notion Mastery. How is this different from the Notion Mastery course that you have, that you have, you know, your, your hidden nightclub thing? You know? Right. Well, well, I started with Notion Mastery, the YouTube channel. And then as I came to realize people had way more questions and wanted to go deeper, it made, to me, it made sense to call the course Notion Mastery. So one is just covering, like, sure, there's overlap in the content, but the course definitely goes a lot, a lot deeper. And I also include all the templates where people are like, oh, I want the like Marie HQ setup. How, where do I get that? So all of the templates with all of the like pre-relations already ready to go are built into the course as well. So they can, if they want my setup and they want to spin it up into their, their space, they can totally do that. Mm. So this, this might be an interesting way. God, this podcast costs me so much money. So if I signed up for this course, <laughs> like this, this might actually, because I can, I could see your template, right? And I could check, I could check out what you're actually doing. Totally. Yep. And we do the yeah. office hours too. So it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more hands-on, right? It's like, show up, ask me a question, we'll screen share. And often I'll get the students to give me permission as a guest and I can go in and be like, oh, you would just do it like this. And I'm screen sharing and I'm just actually adjusting their, their setup. So I can get them from like zero to 60 very, very quickly just while talking it through and, and doing it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. So simple. So even just a couple minutes of screen sharing and they're able to kind of fast track what they're doing. Yeah, just pro, pro tip, Marie, if someone named Big Beefy Boy 69 signs up, they don't, just don't let them in the door. Don't let them in? I was going to oh. say, yeah, if you sign up, Andrew, she's at, a month later going to start screening oh, no. applicants. Stop. How dare you? This guy again? Oh, man. Questions. <laughs> He doesn't want to organize. He just wants to argue about the impossible. <laughs> Play devil's advocate. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Matthew. Mm -hmm. I would never do something like that. But Jonathan, so I'm interested in like, what other ways do you think that this could help a web developer or just a developer in general organize stuff? And I, you know what? I think it is, it really is kind of a generic problem, right? Because everyone has like a bunch of stuff they need to do and they need a way to organize it. And what that stuff actually is probably matters a little bit less, right? But you know, what other ways have you used it, Jonathan, for organizing your stuff that you have to do like project management type things? I've found a way to integrate it quote unquote, integrate it with, with other tools that I use. So like there's, it can't replace absolutely everything. So I think an example is like Zendesk. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if anybody else uses Zendesk. There's no, there's no API integration there and you can't have customer or maybe you could finagle something, but Zendesk is great for, for tickets, for support mm -hmm. tickets. So the way that I, the way that I like to do things is I, when I have a to do, I like to even see tickets that I need to respond to. So every day, what I've started doing is I'll look at my Zendesk, I'll see the tickets that have come in, and then I'll just I have a field in my notion where I can copy the link to the ticket in there. And so I can quote unquote, relate that ticket to a task. So that's, that's helped me there. It's also helped me move the work along and prioritize the work better. So like I can, if I, if I have a to-do that I know I have to get done today, what was happening on other platforms is I would get stressed out because I would see all these to-dos, like let's say on ClickUp, and I, I wouldn't get them done at the end of the day. 
Mm. So I'd be like, well, gosh, I, you know, I didn't get what I was supposed to get done today. Well, in Notion, I can have custom fields for prioritizing those. So what I'll do is I'll just work through as much as I can. And at the end of the day, I'll sit down and look at what's left and I'll move them till tomorrow. And so eventually it's just like a funnel that you can use to sort of power through like mm -hmm. this tsunami of, of tasks or whatever that's coming your way. I think I'm starting to understand, Marie. And let, let me see if this sounds reasonable. We'll get you there, Andrew. We're going to get you there. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> She's so, going to let you in the secret club. One of the guests that we had on, his name was Sean Larkin, and we were talking about Webpack. So that's his, you know, that's one of the things that he works on. He's on the core team of it. One of the things that he said is that it always starts with zero config. So he was talking about like other tools, mm -hmm. right? So it always starts with zero config, I think applies here as well, because if you have one of these prefab tools, it's zero config, you get up and running, but then after you've been using it for a while, maybe it just doesn't fit that right, right? So the, the benefit that you got with zero config is that you started immediately, but the downside to zero to that is that it doesn't exactly do what you want. And it sounds like Notion is this thing that allows you to craft exactly what you need. Like as Jonathan says, like I had these to-dos and I never got anything done and it just didn't work out. Okay. If that's how you feel in Notion, I can just build this thing and I can make it exactly what I want in terms of priority assigned to these to-do lists and make it into something that is exactly what I need. So maybe it is kind of that thing where Yes, there are other tools that you can start quicker, like you'll hit the ground running quicker with zero config. However, eventually you're going to reach the limitations. Does that sound, am, am I starting to get it? I think it's bang on. Yep. It's, it's, that's the, there's the trade-offs, right? It's like, it's going to, it's going to take you longer. There's going to be a little bit of ramp up time, but if you learn the fundamentals of the tool, you will realize you can literally build almost anything you can imagine. And obviously that's intimidating. <laughs> that we need to think of, um, for example, I manage a team of 10 people and everyone's fully distributed. I imagine that these days a lot of companies are now also distributed, whether they are prepared for it or not. Um, yeah. So we've talked a lot about the personal transformations we can make and how Notion can be fulfilling for sort of personal one-man teams. What are ways that a company would really use this for asynchronous communication or and those kind of things what, what should we think about there yeah again it's i usually start with a team hub like what's the information that all team members need access to standard operating procedures how we do things all of that i think it starting there i think is a really good starting point then some sort of master task database that everyone has access to because again you can filter your database to you know show me only tasks that are assigned to me and are due in the next week or show me things that are assigned to jen i want to see what jen's working on this week like yeah. you can see that in your own dashboard so i think uh, custom dashboards is another one just recognizing that each team member probably has different types of activities that they're responsible for. So I would put quick links and things that people need to, that each team member needs to access. I would create them a custom dashboard. So Jen's yeah. tasks at the top, any quick links, any SOPs that you might need to, to reference really quickly and just creating a really custom experience. What about communications? Is there any, I mean, does it replace, it won't replace real-time communication, obviously, I don't think, but what about asynchronous communication? Well, I was just going to say, in a way, it kind of does, to be honest with you, because I have a project manager that I work with and she's on my team. And so if we are in a project and we're commenting back and forth on something, I can see it happening in real time, just like we're in Slack or something. Yeah. And so for me, it has replaced uh, real-time communication with the added benefit mm -hmm. that if I'm having a conversation in Slack, but I've got project notes somewhere else, you've get, we're back to the same problem that we were talking about before right. versus yeah. now we're having a conversation on the exact page where the data actually lives that we're working Jonathan, on. Jonathan, can we get real for a second though? Have you ever had a document where you've ruined the document because you chose to chat at the top of it and the chat went on for so long? It's just... Yes. Okay. I had to, I've had to resolve a couple of conversations. Resolve, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, what do you do? And then do you just delete the conversation or how does that work? Click resolve and it disappears. Mm. Yeah. There's just a button that says resolve. So like if you're talking about something and then you're done, like you've moved on from that, you can hit resolve. Now it, it's still archived. Patrick, what tools do you use for organizing stuff? And have you considered, <laughs> have you considered using, have you considered using Notion instead? Yeah. So I, I mean, I use Zendesk for ticketing. I've used Trello for just organizing random things. I've used HubSpot for CRM. Yeah. And as I'm on this, uh, on this podcast, I'm playing with Notion, putting like my, my meeting notes in here and I'm like, oh, I can get a one-click little sales CRM. So yeah, I could see it. I, I, 
I think I would need to just give over into the the open air that is Notion and stop being so afraid of having something that's so malleable. Um, yeah, drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, speak. yeah, yeah. People underestimate the templates, and, and I think it takes people a long time to realize because there, there's a couple of different ways of using templates, mm -hmm. but having like a meeting notes template where your master task database is embedded in there, filtered by the current project. Like there's so many interesting ways that fast track your workflow. Mm. But again, it, you don't really know it until you're kind of in it and using it and being like, wait a second, I'm always putting in these properties every time or like, oh, I'm always having to copy paste it. And you start to kind of get to know what things uh, are going to make the most sense for you and the team. It's yeah, certainly going to be taking a look at, uh, at, at your kind of office hours and your YouTube videos just to get a better idea of how to use it. Well, it's funny because Notion in some ways is a content management system, but it's just a personal mm -hmm. content management system. It's like managing the content that is very germane to you, whether it's your personal life or your projects or whatever that is. And the part about that that I find interesting is that I know Brandon Kelly, who is the founder of Pixel and Tonic, who makes Craft CMS, which Marie is a CMS that a lot of us here use for developing client projects. I know that some of the direction that Notion has taken with their different views on data and Kanban and all that kind of flexibility, it's been influential in terms of how he is planning to, to work on craft CMS going forward. So they must be doing something right, you know? Well, and it, it treats content similarly, which is like craft as a CMS. If you've used WordPress before, you install WordPress and you have a blog. If you install craft, you have nothing. You have a blank right. slate, which can be really intimidating if you're yep. going to set up a blog. Yep. But it's a blank slate and you get great pieces to work with to build however you want. And for people that build a lot of websites, it's a breath of fresh air. I feel mm -hmm. like Notion is the same thing. So spiritually, they're similar animals mm -hmm. um, and just seem to work well together. And I just, I think of them as kind of occupying a similar place in the universe <laughs> with the different focuses. And Marie, you were going to say something before Matt so rudely interrupted you? I, I oh, no, no. I was just saying, yeah, kindred, kindred spirits. <laughs> No, I think, it, I think it's really interesting because I, I love the fact that Craft CMS is a blank slate. And yet when I'm approaching Notion, Notion and I see the blank slate, I'm like, oh man, you know? And I, I guess the difference is like to me, I'm very, very organized when it comes to the, the code that I write, like super organized. But the rest of my life, like I just kind of let the chaos just fly. Like Matt mm -hmm. has seen vignettes into my life and he just shakes his head in disgust because I, I like... Chaos doesn't bother me. There's some other people that things need to be orderly. Otherwise, they can't think or they can't do anything. And me, like, I just, you know, I don't really care. It doesn't really bother me that much. And I think the the hang-up that I have is just, I don't know, I feel like I'm wasting time. I'm, I feel like I'm wasting too much time organizing this stuff. But yet I recognize that without some amount of that, I'm not going to be able to work effectively. And then I just, I just have to find the right balance, you know? I think Notion flies in the face of of how every other tool or how we expect these kind of tools to work and how every other tool does work. So what other platform is like you, you open your account, you start using it and it's like, okay, do whatever you want. Like, no, right. There's, there's like, they give you the, like, here's the onboarding videos. And this is like, this is exactly how it has to work. And this is how you do it. And so when you come up against a tool that is like this, this blank canvas, it is kind of, it is kind of scary. And I also yeah. get it from the perspective of, well, I can either learn Rust or I can learn AWS Fargate or I can learn Notion. Like, like the amount of investment seems high to me, you know? <laughs> well, like I would, I would tell you that that would probably be a good tool to help you do that. So like as you're, as you are going through and learning something and I, this is another use case, like it just popped into my head that you said that. So like when I'm trying to learn something new or exploring something, I'll make a page for it in Notion. So as I'm learning things, like if I see an interesting link, if I see a screencast, I can embed that on my Notion page for that. I can take notes there. I can, I can track my progress or, or, or save links that I want to check out next or whatever. It might even be a tool that would make you more effective in and pursuing other things. And I, I would argue you would not be spending time to learn Notion because you could take right. like four hours and you'd get everything that you need about what Notion can do. Right. You would be learning, Andrew, about yourself. No, I feel like developers are better poised to even do this kind of learning, right? Like databases are not scary to you. You guys get this stuff, you get how it works. So you'd probably pick it up really fast. And Andrew makes really complicated things that he spends a long time meticulously getting just right. I think so that he, then he doesn't have to think about it again, which, right. which sounds like a perfect correlation here, if that's also a fair characterization. I don't want to start <laughs> being nice, but... <laughs> 
Andrew? Like, does this not seem like something that would be right up your alley? Like, <laughs> engineer the perfect thing so you could stop thinking about it? Well, that's the, that's the problem, right? Because I think I would try to engineer the perfect thing. And I think oh, I, would try, I, I would invest a whole lot of time into it. I'm just like, ah, I could do that or I could do something else. But, I, you know, this notion thing is starting to seem more and more like an inevitability. But I mean, I'm still hung up, honestly, Matthew, on the fact that uh, I'm going to be focusing on myself. Like that's that scares me. Like I don't, I don't, ah, I don't. Think that's I... where it comes out. Yeah, oh. you're just scared to go too deep in the in the self reflection. <laughs> what is Andrew? The truth want? is coming out now. If I'm alone with my thoughts, like the bad, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. You know. <laughs> well, Marie, is this something? You think that I could, the average person, is it something that they could pick up and they could actually start doing something? Like how, how long would they need to pick this thing up and to actually be using it for something substantive, something that is beneficial to them, do you think? Because it probably has a little bit more of a learning curve than most tools, but what would you say like the average is? Oh, that's so hard to say. Some people get it pretty quickly. Some people, I think it takes a lot longer. Some people have some systems in place and they're already kind of ready to go just making Notion do what they've already, you know, done in Airtable and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So like Matt said, you could probably take a couple hours on a weekend and, you know, learn a good chunk of the fundamentals. And there's probably a couple even office hours where it's like, oh, check out the like getting started from scratch one plus the task management one plus this one. You've got a good starting point and you can kind of be off to the races. Other people are a lot more intimidated by that process so it might take i mean most people tell me they're like i binge watched all your videos and like you know i've watched every single one and i you know thank you for making me one percent better every day like people get people get really really into it but again i've it, it's kind of a fun process and i think if you've got something specific that you want to do things like like meal prep right that was one of the first videos i ever made was like whoa check out this like meal prep system i made i was never able to do meal prepping before i i couldn't find a, a place to do it that i could track it and it made sense and i was sticking to it until Notion. Same with journaling. So for me, there's things that finally stuck because I was able to like make a system that worked. So I think when you can, you know, start with just those specific use cases, you're really going to see what's possible and then you'll you'll go down the rabbit hole. So I, I like keeping things either digital or paper, but I, I was wondering, do you experience like extra notional anxiety? Like you write something down on a piece of paper somewhere and it's not- I wouldn't do that. Your... Why would I ever do that? <laughs> there's, no, there's no paper here. <laughs> okay. That answers that question. <laughs> I have a remarkable for that. Why would I use paper? (laughs) (laughs) Export to Notion. (sighs) That's interesting, Marie, because my my wife has her master's in computer graphic design. She's very tech savvy. But one of the things that she does every night is she uses a bujo. So she's got this this paper and she goes and and writes (laughs) stuff down in there. is the best reaction. And and she crosses things off and she's got like 10 different colored markers that she picks out different colors and like highlight stuff. And it is like, I watch her do this and I'm just like, you know, you could use something <laughs> digital to do this, but she likes it. Well, well, well a Bujo can't be hacked and you can't lose your data. Like what if Notion accidentally uh, deleted their production What if you spill database? your tea on your Bujo though? Ooh, yeah. You spill, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But if your entire life is in an app and then some engineer deletes the production database, then you're kind of in... Yeah, but, you know, she's right, though. Someone could spill coffee on it or, you know, someone yeah. could, uh, they could drop a burning cigarette on it and your entire life goes up in flames. True, <laughs> well, true. it's funny that you brought up the bullet journal because I do yeah. think along with the permaculture studies and stuff, that was kind of the first, I think, thing that pulled me into the rabbit hole is like I was trying to figure out my weekly agenda. And again, I had like paper agendas. I was doing a sonnet. Like it just didn't didn't quite fit. And I, I went down the rabbit hole of the bullet journals and I remember seeing all these incredible Instagram accounts and the amount of time people are spending making the same column. It gave me hives to look at how much time was wasted. And then I was like, fine, I'll go and like waste all this time in Notion building my own bullet journal. So I can understand that there's probably a therapeutic element of drawing and and using all those (laughs) colors. I love that. I'll show you wasting time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You think that's wasting time? There's a high-tech way to waste time. Are you exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're a form, you're a reformed bujoista. So you were. No, you- I, I never could. Do, I couldn't get into it. It felt so. Um, it felt like such a waste of time to me. But I went down the. Oh, fine. I'm going to design my own agenda in InDesign and went down that hole. And I was like, What am I doing? This is crazy. I'm a digital I, person at the end of the day. I just can't. The pa- I just can't do the paper thing. Building it in Notion instead. I've actually tried to introduce my wife to Notion because she's. 
like super organized and super meticulous and like, like the Bujo stuff I see her doing. Mm. And she's also, a, you know, a designer. Like I could see her totally, like totally doing this thing. But she's just- Her she's, and I need to talk about the weekly agenda. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, she just looks at it. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Well, you know what? Here's what I think I should do. Forget about me signing up. I should sign my wife up to your course. You guys could have some one-off. couple's discount. You could just peek over a, her shoulder. I Wait. had a guy who bought one for his girlfriend as a gift. I'm like, you are amazing, sir. That is so awesome. Wait, there's a couple's discount? Sure. Is that a thing? Yeah, I'll make it a thing. <laughs> do we get like... Learn his, together during coronavirus. Do we get his and hers slippers or anything? I was like... <laughs> What a specific question. Well, <laughs> we're going to be at home learning this together. We could be in our right. slippers while we're, we're learning. A glass of wine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, she's allergic to alcohol. So oh. you give her, you give her a little bit of wine. She turns red and falls over. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sad life. It's yeah. Sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm that way. It just, there's no allergy. <laughs> oh man. Well, Marie, it's been fantastic having you on here and I appreciate the, uh, the couple's discount you're offering, but I, <laughs> that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmo.fm podcast. Thanks. If you'd like to have every episode delivered to your favorite player, you can subscribe via RSS or find us on iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, please leave, review the show on iTunes. It's the best way to help others find the show. You can follow us on Twitter at devmode.fm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website where we can continue the conversation. For the devmode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Patrick Harrington. I'm Jennifer Bloomberg. I'm Jonathan Melville. And I'm Matt Stein. Thank you, Marie Poulin, for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. for hanging in there i apologize for oh. all the fail like we've great we, we've had Got to fail. know you guys it's great <laughs> <laughs> we've had fail before but we've never had fail like this before failed this really hard special. Yeah. to see behind the curtain <laughs> that's all oh, so actually I'm, I'm starting to write a song i've never had fail like this before <laughs> new theme too <laughs> oh look at look at patrick is just is wrinkled his nose as he's going crazy over there. Did you notice Patrick is in the office? The Man. office, the office? <laughs> yeah, there's Stanley back there. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Oh. It's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, every, I was watching, um, watching Patrick's reaction every time I say everything. His eyes just roll into the back of his head every time I say anything. Very he's like Jim. He's like Jim. <laughs> well, that was great. Hopefully, we actually have a recording. And um, oh, yeah, so- we found it. Assuming that we do, then we'll...